0: Welcome to the Marriage by the Book podcast. Whether you have a great marriage or one that needs improvement, this is the show for you. Since 1994, we've used biblical principles to help hundreds of couples, just like you, find relationship success. As you listen, you'll get practical tips, knowledge, and motivation that will help bring greater intimacy and happiness to your marriage so that you can enjoy the relationship you've dreamed of. And now, this is Marriage by the Book. Hello, this is Rick Porterfield, and thank you for listening to the Marriage by the Book podcast. i um, been for several weeks now going through the, the counseling sessions that Rebecca and I would use if we were working with a couple one on one. And this week we're actually getting to what would be the fourth counseling session. Now it's taken several weeks because we can't cover as much in a podcast as I can like in a counseling session just because of time. I try to keep each of these podcasts to about, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so. Or maybe a little less than that. And typically a counseling session we would do would be about, you know, an hour. So it takes a little longer to cover these things in a podcast. But today I'm starting what would normally be the fourth session. And you know, the third session is uh, we introduce removing walls with talking about forgiveness. And today we're going to be talking about the second step in removing walls. You know, forgiveness alone does not equal reconciliation, but forgiveness plus what we'll be talking about today does equal reconciliation. And I just want to remind you that, that every marriage has a hundred percent chance of success and a hundred percent chance of happiness if we'll just do things God's way. You know, Rebecca and I, when we counsel with people, if we could get both people in a couple to do what we're asking them to do in these sessions, we've seen a 100% success. To me, that's amazing. And typically, if we can get one person to do what we're asking them to do, you'll see a high rate of success even then. The only times we've seen failure is when somebody says, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do what what the Word of God, what the Bible says to do. I don't want to do that. And that's when things won't work because the Word works and, and our way just doesn't work. So, you know, I just want to encourage you with this. No matter where you are in your marriage, if your marriage is great, it can be better. And if your marriage isn't so great, it can be happy and successful. It really can. So, um, and I'll say this too, usually after this fourth session, is when we'll see breakthrough for a couple that's maybe in trouble. Uh, we've seen this over and over again. We'll be working with a couple. A lot of times when people come to see us, it's because they're in trouble. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to be in trouble. To go to a marriage enrichment uh, type conference or whatever, uh, you could have a good marriage and go to one of those. Sometimes we think, well, you know, why would I do that? My marriage is good. Well, you know, it's like painting your house. Why do you paint your house? It's maintenance, you know. Um, it's, it's like that. So you want to keep things maintained and keep them good. And, uh, doing, you know, doing those things doesn't mean you have a bad marriage. You don't have to have a bad marriage to do that. But anyway, a lot of times people come to us and they're in trouble. And it's after we complete this fourth session that they'll tell us things like, I never knew it could be like this again. I never knew it could be this good. So this is a really important session right here. And, um, you know, again, it's take a little longer to cover these, so I apologize for that, but you're getting there. So this step right here um, really will help to remove those walls. And what I'm going to talk about is repentance, Okay. Repentance is the second step in removing walls. There's forgiveness, then there's repentance. And this brings reconciliation and it really does work. And uh, repentance a lot of times isn't a real popular subject for people. Nobody don't want people don't want to repent so that's not something that's pleasant to do but it's very helpful in a relationship and i think we need to get good at saying we're sorry and meaning it and i'll talk more about what repentance is in a little bit but god uses a great example from farming from agriculture to describe repentance and even if you're not a farmer you can get this Uh, most people nowadays aren't farmers obviously so he talks about though this thing called breaking up fallow ground So I'm going to read Hosea 10, 12, and 13 to you, and it says this, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. So he's advising them to break up their fallow ground. And But in verse 13, we see what happened, what they did. He says in verse 13, you've plowed wickedness, you've reaped iniquity, you've eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way and the multitude of your mighty men. That's exactly what happens to people. If we'll do things God's way, if we'll break up the fallow ground, we'll see good things. We'll see you know, God rain righteousness on us, so to speak. But if we do things our own way, typically we won't see the results we want to get. So anyway, breaking up your fallow ground and fallow ground, what that is, is it's soil. If you can just imagine a field or whatever, it's, it's a field soil that once was cultivated, but now it hasn't been cultivated in a while. Now it's it's gotten hard, infertile. It's maybe full of weeds and things like this. And if you're going to plant crops in it again, you have to break that up. It's called breaking up the fallow ground. And then the example we're going to be using, the ground would be our hearts. You know, your thoughts, feelings, will, your intellect, your heart. The seed is God's word. And the fruit we want to produce is our that's our actions and attitude what's going to come out of that heart you know the abundance the heart the mouth speak speaks jesus said a good man out of the good things his heart brings forth good things an evil man out of the bad things his heart brings forth bad things and so on so what's in our heart is going to manifest and come out in our life and if we change our heart we'll see good things in our life so this is all about repentance here so let's take a little bit closer look here at the characteristics of fallow ground. First, as, as I mentioned, it's hard and it needs to be broken up. You know, a person's hard can become hard and un- unresponsive. Rebecca used to tell me that I was a very hard hearted, very cold hearted person, you know, and a person like that, and I was that way, but they're insensitive to the needs of their spouse. Okay. I was certainly that way with Rebecca. You know, something else about fallow ground is it's full of weeds. I mentioned that earlier too. You know, when you plow up a field or whatever, the plow, it turns all those weeds under and kills them. That's what a plow does. It just kind of turns over the ground. So you got fresh dirt on the top and all those weeds are just plowed under. So, um, it's full of weeds, you know, and so breaking up the ground, plowing it, cultivating it gets rid of those weeds. See, the thing about those weeds is, is if you sow seed on those, on that hard ground that's full of weeds, the combination of the hardness of the ground and those weeds are going to kill the seed. And it's just like that in our own lives. If we have this hard heart that's like hard and full of weeds, so to speak, you can sow the Word of God on that. And it's going to have limited effect because those things are just going to choke it out. And that's really what the parable of the sower is about, which I'm not going to get into, but that's what it's about. So I want to read to you Jeremiah 4, 3. Listen to this. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You want to cultivate that ground, plow those weeds, those thorns under before you plant good seed there and talk about our lives, you're planting the word of God. And then Jeremiah 12, 13, see in Jeremiah 4, he told them what to do, break up the fallow ground. In Jeremiah 12, we found out what they did, okay? Okay. It says, uh, they've sown wheat but reaped thorns. Now, why would you reap thorns? Because you didn't break up the fallow ground. A lot of times we want to skip this step. <laughs> you know, We don't want to do the repentance thing. We want to skip this step and expect to have the stuff that we want in our relationship. And it's really not going to work. Just like it says here in Jeremiah 12, 13, they've sown wheat but reap thorns. They've put themselves to pain but do not profit. So people you know they'll they'll try to implement things in their lives, implement things in a relationship, but if they don't do this step here, it's really going to be uh, just limited effect, if any okay, and he goes on here and says, "But be ashamed of your harvest." Because of the fierce anger of the Lord. That's not what we want. We don't want to put ourselves to pain and not profit. We don't want to sow sow wheat and reap thorns. You want to have good things. You know, weeds thrive without cultivation. I actually grew up on a farm, okay? And I can tell you that if you want to have a bumper crop of weeds, okay? If you just want to have a magnificent, beautiful crop of weeds, all you have to do is nothing. Just sit back on the porch and they will do very well themselves. You don't have to do anything. But if you want to grow some good corn or beans or whatever it is, if you want to grow something good and useful, it's going to take effort. And the first step every year is to go out there and plow up that ground, to break up that fallow ground before you plant the seeds and do all this stuff. You know, fallow ground unsu- uh, uh, It's un- uh, unfruitful. Uh, the seeds of the plants and things that you plant in it, rain, are really just kind of wasted on it, unless you're trying to get a crop of weeds, and nobody really wants a crop of weeds. Anyway, breaking up your fallow ground, what that means is to bring your heart to a humble and contrite state. Now, I'll tell you, years ago, when I, I had my idea of what humble and contrite meant, it just sounded like wimp words to me. I didn't like it, and um, but that's the condition that will produce good fruit, and when you realize what humble and contrite actually mean, they're not bad. Humble just means submitted to God, okay? Nobody's bigger, nobody's tougher than God, okay? Uh, just It just means submitted to God, that's all it means. And then contrite means that there are no excuses for your sins or offenses. It basically means to take responsibility for what you've done. Being an adult, you could say, just acting like a grown-up. So, you know, I can handle those definitions of being humble and contrite. They're not weakness. They're actually uh, mature, um, powerful positions to be in, powerful attributes to have. So, okay, now let's go on into talking about applying this in the marriage here. In Matthew 19, 8, Jesus was talking. And it says, uh, he said to them, Moses, now get this, because of the hardness of your hearts permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Remember, fallow ground, hard ground, hard heart is what led to divorce here. That's why he permitted it, okay? So we're, we're seeing that the heart can become hard. Then Ezekiel 18.31 tells us how to change that. Now listen to this. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you've committed, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit for why should you die, o house of Israel? So the way you get a new heart is by casting away transgressions. What is that that's repenting, repenting of those offenses, those things we've done that's that's how you cast away transgressions, so you renew your heart by casting away transgressions again, that's repentance. Breaking up our fallow ground requires repentance. So what is repentance? Okay, people seem to not like repentance. You'd think it was a four-letter word. It's not, obviously. But repentance just means to think differently. It means to change your mind, to change your old way of thinking, and to bring those into line with God's word. And to actually regret your past sins, your past offenses and change your conduct. You know, a lot of times nowadays people don't like words like sin and things like this. I hope you listening to this aren't that way, but sin just means to miss the mark. We all miss the mark. So repentance again just means to change. It's a change of mind, changing your way of thinking and bring your thinking into line with the God's word into line with God's word and actually regretting those things we've done that weren't in line with God's word. Okay, okay. So breaking up your fallow ground—it's a—it's a tough prerequisite to having a good marriage. It just is. Okay. There have been many times when I when I've had to tell Rebecca, "Hey, I'm sorry, and I meant it, and I actually changed my mind." This was repentance. It wasn't just saying I'm sorry. It was actually repentance. It was a change of mind, a change of heart with resulting good fruit in our relationship, okay? You know, it's not easy to put off your old self and put on your new self. And, you know, your new self includes things like the love of God and the fruit of the Spirit. So you want to put off the old selfish self, put on the new self, and take responsibility for our past, for what we've done. It's not easy. We'd all rather just sweep it under the rug. But, man, if you want to have a, a good marriage, this is really what we need to do. Let's talk about some benefits of repentance here. Okay. Benefits of repentance. When you offend your spouse, you need to repent to them. Okay. Need to say you're sorry and mean it. And you do that by recognizing the offense and confessing it and asking for them to forgive you. And again, this is another step in removing walls and restoring unity in marriage. This is actually the second step that completes the cycle of reconciliation. If it's sincere, there are some signs of false repentance, which I'll cover when we get to the end of this. I'm not sure how many sessions we'll go, but when we get to the end of this, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, um, again, benefits of repentance. You know, in the last session, we talked about forgiveness. Um, but again, forgiveness alone doesn't equal reconciliation. Rep- Repentance plus forgiveness does equal reconciliation. So some other benefits of confession and forgiveness are, um, one is found in 2 Corinthians 7, 11. I'm going to read this to you from the Message Bible. It says, "And Now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible, looked at from any angle. You've come out of this with purity of heart. Okay, the distress he's talking about. Now, this is second Corinthians. Okay. In first Corinthians, the apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthian church and rebuked them. Okay. They repented. That's the distress he's talking about. And the result of it it's made them more alive. That's a good thing. More concerned. That's a good thing. More sensitive. Not sensitive as in they cry easily, but sensitive as in they can hear from God better. Okay? More reverent. More human. It's good to be more human, especially in marriage, right? More passionate. That's good in marriage. More responsible. You know, looked at from any angle. You've come out of this with purity of heart. Now, I want to say something here. Where it says more passionate, that really speaks to me. You know, I, I see a lot of people now. Maybe you see this as well. Uh, and, and I don't know, maybe not a lot of people, but a fair amount of people who just they don't seem to have any passion for anything. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily in the context of marriage. I'm talking about it's like they just don't have a desire to do anything in life. There's no passion there. They don't. It's like they don't have a purpose. And I think that when this scripture here. Talks about how repentance made them more passionate. I think that's the missing link for a lot of people is if they would repent and get their hearts right with God it makes them more sensitive, more able to hear from God and then it says more passionate when they hear from God better, God can deal with their heart and stir their heart up to the direction that he has to their life and you're gonna, you're going to be passionate and excited about God's call for your life that's going to be something that appeals to you something that will fulfill you and I think a lot of people who just don't have vision and purpose and passion for anything in their life they just kind of just want to sit on the couch or whatever and and play video games or surf the internet or whatever it is you know that's a missing link for them so anyway i just wanted to mention that to you and um okay so talking about um repentance and the benefits of it he goes on here in second corinthians seven eleven, and he says looked at from any angle You come out of this with purity of heart. So that's a good thing. So repentance results in purity of heart. Again, cleans up that fallow ground, cleans up our heart, makes it ready to receive the seed of God's word and to produce good fruit in your marriage. You know what? I'm going to stop there because I'm going to be able to finish this uh, repentance session in in one more podcast, so I'm going to stop there and come back, and we'll finish this next time. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to encourage you you to check out our website uh, marriagebythebook.org O-R-G. Uh, check that out thank you for listening to these podcasts uh, send me an email if you've got any comments or questions I'd love to hear from you so send me an email info at marriagebythebook.org I'd be glad to hear from you and I try to respond to people who email uh, so uh, uh, we we would like to hear from you Anyhow, thanks again for listening until next time have a great one We hope you enjoyed today's Marriage by the Book podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and hit the subscribe button. For additional resources or to go deeper, visit marriagebythebook.org. See you next time.